We're less than a week away from the 2022 MLB draft, and the Orioles have the number one pick. So the question is, who will they select with the top pick in this year's draft? We'll learn more about who that could be with Joe Doyle of Prospects Live coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, with the Orioles off on Monday, we are focused fully on the draft. It is less than a week away. The Orioles have the number one pick, and Mike Elias continues to talk about five names that the Orioles are focused on. The question is, who are those five names? Are the five names we assume them to be? Are those really the guys? And at the end, we try to answer the question, who will the O's take with that number one overall pick coming up on Sunday? And to help us answer that question, back on the pod joining us today is Joe Doyle. He is really the guy to go to for all things MLB Draft over at Prospects Live. And Joe, first of all, welcome back into the podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, once again here one year later. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. I uh, I enjoyed your podcast last year and excited to get into it. I love the uh, I love the opening graphics there. You got you guys have definitely stepped up. Yeah, we're uh, we're on another level now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we loved having you on last year because, you know, we had you on about a week before the draft and we did a lot of chatter about Colton Kowser. And that is who the Orioles brought into the system. Uh, we you know have seen him continue to rise up the ranks now in double A. And after a little bit of a tough start to the minor league season this year, obviously Kowser starting to swing the bat a whole lot better. But the O's are in a different position this year, obviously, because at number five, you feel that you can still get, you know, a top, top end talent, but you don't get your entire pick of the litter. Well, that changes this year for the Orioles. And for the second time under Mike Elias, the O's will have the first pick. And everybody knows the, you know, the O's were basically down to, it felt like Witt and Rutschman for a while, settled on Rutschman, and what we've seen over the last two months, Orioles fans pretty pleased with that pick, at least to this point. I think, and Michael Elias has said as much, there's more names in the mix at number one this year. So just, you know, kind of an overview, you know, most mock drafts, including the one at Prospects Live, has Drew Jones as that number one pick. But who do you feel, who have you heard is in that mix? Because Michael Elias keeps saying five players, and I think a lot of Orioles fans have five names in their mind. But who do you feel is in that pool? Because it's not as easy as Adley Rutschman was three years ago. Yeah, no, it's not. And, you know, credit to the to the Orioles. They do their due diligence and they spend their money maximizing their money uh, to the best of their ability every year. And I think that's kind of what's allowed them to put this farm system in in the shape that it's in. It's I mean, it's one of the most impressive farm systems in uh, in Major League Baseball. But in terms of the top five, I think Drew Jones is obviously one of the top guys there. I think Brooks Lee is definitely in that in that category. Um, I think there's actually a couple other uh, college guys in that mix. I, I think Kevin Parada is is in the mix. I know that Adley Rutschman is has been gangbusters, but uh, when you look at this this college class and you look at the competitive window that uh, the Orioles seem to be kicking open, uh, Parada might be the most advanced, uh, highest upside bat in this class. And so for that reason, I think he makes some sense. Uh, Jackson Holiday certainly makes some sense. And then uh, I would say that Termar Johnson, 
I personally think the Termar Johnson um, hype around the first overall pick is probably a little overblown. I don't think he's in the mix, but uh, I do think Jacob Berry also makes some sense. So if it's not Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday, uh, I actually think it's one of those three college bats that they've been connected to in the past. Yeah, I think the only other name that we've heard at all was very early in the process was Elijah Green. It feels like that name has probably gone by the wayside in terms of of number one. And so, you know, in your mock draft, it's Drew Jones at number one. And, you know, we've heard that, you know, I had heard back in the spring that, you know, Mike Elias was all over watching Jones and, and you know, had people there at a lot of different events. And here we are again. They are obviously looking at a guy who I would say more than 50% of mock drafts at this point have Jones at that number one pick. So kind of in a wider question, you know, what makes Drew Jones potentially the top player to go in this year's draft? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at this draft and you look at the top seven or eight names, every single one of those guys has an asterisk or a red flag or something on that checklist that isn't quite checked yet. Uh, when you look at Drew Jones, he kind of fits every bill, right? He performed at a high level this year. He performed in the showcases. He's still long and lean and projectable. Uh, he's going to stay up the middle of the field. He's going to play center field. He's going to play a really good center field. Um, you know, it's all those things that kind of add up to why Why would you not take Drew Jones? There are some little, um, you know, nitpicky things in his swing that scouts might say, oh, this is something that we, we want to get fixed. But those are things that you can get fixed. Like you can't fix with Kevin Parada the fact that he might not ever be a really decorated catcher, for example. So for that reason, uh, I just think Drew Jones is so far ahead, head and shoulders uh, in terms of the full package in this class that not every guy uh, can really achieve. Not really every guy can say. And I know you guys had Jackson Holiday at number two in the mock draft in, in the most recent one, and you just mentioned him as well. And while I feel like Drew Jones, that name has, has been around for at least a year now, and it helps that he's Andrew Jones's son, obviously Jackson Holiday is Matt's son, and his name took a little bit more time to kind of reach into that number one conversation. But you know, where does he differ besides the fact that you got a shortstop versus an outfielder uh, you know, from Jones if the Orioles were to go the Holiday route? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the red flags, uh, and I don't want to just point out the, the the things that people question about these players, but it, it is worth mentioning. Um, some of the red flags on Jackson Holiday is how long will he be able to stay at shortstop in his career? Um, you know, is he is he speedy enough to be? Uh, is he going to slow down as he you know gets into his you know 25, 26, 27? So, uh, listen, Jackson Holiday broke the Oklahoma State record for for most home runs by a high schooler in one season. He's the son of Matt Holiday. He plays shortstop. He is built like a Greek god. I mean, he's chiseled. Um, Jackson Holiday, if he ends up being the pick, is going to be an excellent addition uh, to the Orioles organization. And uh, frankly, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those picks, especially uh, when you view it from the lens of maybe Jackson Holiday makes more sense because he saves the Orioles a little bit of money to really splurge in that second, third, and fourth round. So we'll get back to talking all things Orioles and the MLB draft. Number one overall pick, who could the O's select coming up on Sunday? But first, got to tell you about Built Bar, longtime sponsor of this podcast and the most delicious protein bar out there. And the difference with Built Bar is you're going to get 17 grams of protein. It's going to be low sugar and low carbs, and it's going to be good for you. But here's the difference between any other protein bar. A Built Bar tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate, hundreds of different flavors that they've come up with, and they're always adding new flavors as well. This doesn't have that usual chalky 
protein bar flavor. You've got these great flavors like white chocolate chunk, my favorite peanut butter brownie, fruit flavors as well, pretty much anything you can imagine. They've also got the Built Puffs, which is a protein-infused marshmallow covered in chocolate. So many different products. And if you want to get your hands on some, head over to Built.com. And when you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're here with Joe Doyle of Prospects Live talking about the Orioles and the upcoming MLB draft with the O's, of course, holding the number one pick that they gained on the final day of the 2021 season on a Arizona Diamondbacks walk-off home run that gave the O's the number one pick on a tiebreaker. And uh, that was probably the only game that Orioles fans watched to the Diamondbacks last year, but uh, we're pretty happy with the end of it because now they pick at number one. So we've talked about Drew Jones and we've talked about Jackson Holiday, and, you know, we brought up the names in green and, and you know, you talked about Tamar Johnson, but turning to the college players because, you know, Mike Elias in three drafts has taken a college bat with his first overall pick in each of those three drafts. And, you know, it's still in play. So the first name I wanted to ask about is Brooks Lee, who you mentioned. He seems to be the, the college name that's coming up the most, you know, out of a smaller school in Cal Poly, went and played for his dad. And he feels like the pick where, at least among Orioles fans, I hear a lot, you know, too safe of a pick thrown out, which isn't always the worst thing in the world, but where does Lee kind of fall into this equation? Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with the the safe moniker because he's an extremely talented player that's going to be very valuable and, and very useful at the big league level. Uh, I think the carrying tool here is the hit. I mean, it's a guy that could potentially hit 290, 300. Uh, he can really put bat to ball. Even when the ball's out of the zone, he has a tendency to go the other way with it. Um, so a really established hitter, and he's been doing this for a very long time. Um, I will say uh, he probably doesn't have the power upside of someone like Parada. Uh, I don't think Brooksley is ever going to be a guy that hits more than you know 20 home runs, 24 home runs in a season. It's just solid average power, which is very usable, especially in Baltimore with a left-handed swing. He is a switch hitter, but I think, uh, you know, common uh, sense would suggest he'd be hitting left-handed against right-handed pitching more often. Uh, the big question with Brooks Lee and where everyone is placing his value is how long can he play shortstop? Um, he's had some back problems in the past. He's a bigger guy. He's pretty muscled up. I think he's six foot three, 210 pounds or something like that. Um, maybe six, two, 210. So he's a pretty thick kid. Um, I like the, I like the bat a lot. I think there's a lot of value in a guy that you can put anywhere in the lineup who can hit 290 and run into some, uh, home runs every year. I kind of, uh, I've comped him to Jorge Polanco of the twins for quite some time. So even if that is your number one pick, you have to look at this from the frame of who are the Orioles going to take with, you know, 33 and, and 60 and 90 and hundred. And that's kind of where the value in Brooksley lies. That's how you, you, you know, the Orioles have had so much success with DL Hall and, and Grayson Rodriguez and so many of these later round picks. You want to continue bringing in a volume of players. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of fans were shocked at the Heston Kerstad pick. And of course, you know, the follow up hurt because nothing he could troll. He gets sick, he gets injured, and is just now back on the field. Actually, congrats to Heston, gets the call up to high A today. But, the Orioles were able to get Kobe Mayo because they drafted Heston Kerstad and Kobe Mayo has shot through the system. He's already in double A and, you know, fans have fallen in love with him. So going off of Brooks Lee, kind of just, do you consider him to be the best college position player in the draft is, 
it Collier? I know Cam Collier is not a you know a D one guy that it's, everybody's watched. Is it a, a, a Jace Young type? Is it Parada? Who is kind of that top college player? Well, it depends on where you put your value. I tend to put my value on guys that can stay up the middle of the field uh, and can contribute at the plate. And for that reason, I think you know I think. Campbell shortstop Zach Neto and Tennessee center fielder Drew Gilbert, I think are kind of in that next echelon of uh, college players that are going to project to stay at the middle of the field and, and compete at the plate. Um, do I think they're the best players? No, but that's where my draft would go. Uh, in terms of where I think Baltimore should go, I would go Parada over Brooks Lee. Personally, I think Parada has the chance to be a, a 275 hitter that runs into 35 home runs. I think it could be a Kyle Schwarber type of a player. And while I know Kyle Schwarber with the number one overall pick isn't, you know, uh, Drew Jones and the Byron Buxton comparisons and things like that, I also think Kevin Parada is the guy that could be here uh, at the very beginning of 2024 and really kick open this competitive window for the uh, for the Orioles and just continue to supplement what already looks like a pretty robust prospect hall that is going to be joining Baltimore uh, in the next 18 months. Yeah, and I think kind of my my last question that has to do with this topic, you know, if the O's would, would still take a college bat, is really the, the question of, you know, Adley Rutschman was, along with Bobby Witt Jr., you know, seemed to be, you know, one was going one, one was going two in 2019, it felt like. And it felt like the O's were definitely considering Witt and ended up falling with Rutschman. This year, it seems like there's, there's more choices. And, you know, how much of a difference is there in a player like Drew Jones, who I think people see the highlights and fall in love with, versus if they took a Kevin Parada or a Brooks Lee? Because I think some fans who may be listening think, oh, the Orioles are taking the 20th best, best player in the draft if they take Brooks Lee instead of Drew Jones. How much is that difference? We know there'll be a money difference in terms of the draft pool, but how much is that difference just in terms of the player if they were to take a guy like Lee or Kevin Parada, remember, just because the O's have Adley Rutschman does not mean they're not going to take a guy who they think might be the best player in the draft. But how much, you know, is that difference between a guy like Jones versus the college bats? Yeah, I mean, I think the million dollar or eight point eight million dollar question here is, uh, do you believe Drew Jones is going to be a generational player if he is going to be a healthy Byron Buxton? If he is going to I mean, I'll throw it this way. If he is going to be um, an Adam Jones if he's going to be someone that is going to go to, you know, six, seven, eight all-star games, then I think the gap is pretty substantial because the value in Major League Baseball is up the middle of the field. It will always be up the middle of the field. Um, I don't think Brooks Lee is going to be a valuable uh, defensive shortstop, but he's going to hit the hell out of the ball. Kevin Parada is not going to be a terribly valuable uh, defensive catcher, but you know, he might be a guy that uh, has a Kevin, uh, a Mike Napoli type of a career. Uh, Kevin, Sh uh, Kyle Schwarber. Wow, I'm really messing up uh, first names. Kyle Schwarber type of a career. And so in that regard, there's more safety uh, and immediacy in these college names. And there's more volatility in the high school names. Um, so I guess it really just boils down to how much conviction does Mike Elias and does Sig have in terms of what this guy's ceiling is going to be, what he's going to be. If they think he's going to be a superstar, um, I think you take Drew Jones because frankly, uh, I think Drew Jones and Elijah Green are the only two players in this class that really do have superstar upside. It's a, it's a good way to look at it as well. And we'll get back to this conversation with Joe Doyle of Prospects Live talking about the Orioles and the upcoming MLB draft in just a second. But first, got to tell you about rockauto.com because with all the makes and models out there of your car, it's sometimes impossible 
to go to a local chain auto parts store and find that exact part that you need for your car or truck. So why go to these stores, wait while someone behind the counter orders the parts on their computer or just doesn't have it in the warehouse? You have a computer, you have a phone, and you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You save time and money when using Rock Auto, and it's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every single customer. You don't need to be an expert. I'm certainly not, but I can still go to rockauto.com and browse all the parts, get what I need, and for the best price. They've got everything for your car. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You can get it all at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we're here with Joe Doyle of Prospects Live talking about the O's. In the upcoming draft, they've got the number one overall pick. And Joe, I did want to ask you just a little bit about the O's at number 33, but but just more of a broad Orioles sense. You know, This is now draft number four for Mike Elias and crew. They have had the number one overall pick the first time. They gave Adley Rutschman, you know, at that point, the biggest bonus in history to be the number one pick. And they took what most people believe was the best player in the draft. The next draft at number two in Heston Kerstad, most people had him between five and 10 on their boards. They took him at number two and saved some money. And with Colton Kowser, you know, maybe people had him as high as five. It seemed like, you know, a little more towards the, the bottom half of the top 10 when they drafted him last year, just kind of as an overarching question, is there word, you know, coming out of, of Baltimore camp or what, from what you hear from, from other people in the industry that, you know, is it true that Michael Elias always wants to go under slots or is this more of just a, depending on how each pool comes out, how each draft plays out that, you know, the Orioles aren't necessarily following a pattern every single year. So I think the answer to that question would would probably be, and I know this is not a perfect answer, but I think every team always wants to go under slot. Um, I think every scouting director and general manager wants to save money with that first pick. Do I think it is a strict prerogative of Mike Elias uh, in every draft? No, I think uh, he's looking for the best bang for his buck. And I know that that sounds like, uh, you know, he's looking to go cheap with the first pick, but I would, I would view it this way. If you think... Uh, Brooks Lee and a top five right-handed high school pitcher is more valuable than Drew Jones uh, with the way that your model is built, then I don't think you question that. And I think you just, you go with the two players. Um, I, I do think, you know, Drew Jones, Drew Jones is the key to all this because I do think anybody in the industry would agree. Drew Jones is uh, the top player in this class or just about anybody. Um, so if, if Jones positions himself, to where he's willing to take 8.4 million. Uh, keep in mind, you know, the Orioles can pay 8.8 .8, that or more, but that's the slot uh, value for pick number one. Arizona's just below 8.2 with the second pick. So if Drew Jones is willing to go down to 8.4, save the Orioles $400,000 and, um, you know, go to Baltimore for a shade under the full slot, I think that's enough savings to make it a, a slam dunk uh, for Mike Elias. But do I think he's actively looking to go under slot with every pick? Uh, and that's like how he values. That's one of the strengths of his model. I do not think so. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because you mentioned the Arizona slot. You know, Drew Jones can take under slot and could still get more money than potentially 
Arizona would be willing to pay him with the number two sure. pick or whomever would be willing to pay him if he dropped to to three or four. So the Orioles, you know, can still go under slot while still getting the best player in the draft. And, you know, I think it's a, for a lot of fans, you know, they are more paying attention to drafts in the NFL and the NBA. And the MLB draft has 100 more moving parts at, at any given time. Um, so it's, you know, you, you got to dive deep. And that's what we have you on. Uh, to do Joe. But the last thing I wanted to ask about is pick 33 because the Orioles are, you know, up again 32 selections later after they take that number one pick. And, you know, I know your guys' uh, latest mock draft had it out to the Orioles' next three selections on the mock draft. And I know you had the O's going with a high school pitcher, which the Orioles have not taken a lot of those under Mike Elias. And I just wanted to kind of open the floor to you to throw out a couple names you think the O's are interested in slash could be available around that number 33 pick because the O's also have 42 and and 67. But, you know, at number 33, they could still get, you know, a a really, really good player at that pick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the high school pitcher is, is, is what Baltimore has done well. And I know that they've been first round picks in the past, but this is an extremely deep year for high school pitching. It's, it's very uh, robust all through the top 150 picks. Really. If, if you have the money for it, that's the important, that's the important part. And that's why I think, you know, going under slot with that first pick and landing some of these really premium high school pitchers uh, could really pay off down the line. Uh, there's a couple of guys that make sense. Uh, Owen, Owen Murphy, I, I think is perfect. He's, he's a high school ready at Illinois. Um, and he has some of the metric traits that the Orioles really seem to covet in their models. I mean, the fastball explodes at the top of the zone. He doesn't walk anybody. He's a supreme athlete who's played third base and has a ton of power in his bat. He's definitely a pitcher, but um, I think Owen Murphy, uh, he's a Notre Dame commit. I, I don't think people expect him to be like this outlandish overslot. So I think he makes sense at 33. Um, I do think a college pitcher out of the University of Connecticut, he's in the transfer portal right now, but Reggie Crawford, uh, a lefty, uh, he missed all of this season uh, with Tommy John surgery, but up to 102 miles an hour from the left side, um, played, he was probably the best pitcher for Team USA last summer before his uh, elbow gave out. Um, teams are absolutely falling in love with the makeup there. Uh, so I think I think Reggie Crawford makes a lot of sense. And then I'll throw one more out there just because uh, I think he's got a shot to go pretty early. That's Jackson Cox. Um, he is a uh, six foot three righty, uh, tons of spin on the breaking ball, over three thousand RPMs. Um, it's said to be a pretty affordable slot option in that second round. Uh, but yeah, talking about a guy with a really quick arm, really big breaking ball. I think he's in play anywhere in that thirty to fifty mix, and uh, I think Baltimore is certainly. Um, you know, in a prime position to land a guy like Jackson Cox. Yeah, you mentioned some of these guys and, and, you know, there, there is a good group of pitchers in this draft who have had some sort of injury or other issue in the past year, whether it be injury or the Kuma rocker situation or suspension and, you know, guys who may not go in the top 10, but are going to maybe going to be available when the Orioles pick at 33 and 42. So it'll be interesting to see if, they go there. But Joe, thank you so much for joining us once again. Before we let you go, uh, you know, this is one of the biggest weeks of the year for you guys over at Prospects Live. So let everybody know what kind of content you guys have coming up for the draft. So, uh, you know, Orioles fans can tune in because uh, as soon as it starts, the O's are on the clock. 
Yep, so we will have our last mock draft likely go live on Friday afternoon heading into the weekend. We will also have a uh, top 600 draft prospects update that'll go live on Thursday with just some uh, some moving parts in terms of uh, who's moving up boards, who's moving down boards. And then uh, on draft day, on Sunday, we will have a live thread at Prospects Live that is constantly refreshing every 10 or 15 minutes with rumors that we're hearing sur uh, surrounding certain teams. Obviously, the Orioles will be a big part of that. So if you kind of want the latest in terms of industry buzz on an hour-to-hour -hour basis leading up to that 7 o'clock draft start time, uh, Prospects Live is going to be a good place you can be. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Orioles fans are excited to get that next top prospect into the system you know, with a major league team that is a little ahead of schedule right now on an eight-game winning streak and uh, a minor league system that is top five in baseball. It's it's become an exciting time. And and uh, thanks again for coming on and hopefully getting Orioles fans even more excited for that upcoming number one pick. Absolutely, man. Always fun. So that was Joe Doyle of Prospects Live joining us once again to talk about who the O's could take at number one coming up on Sunday's MLB draft here in 2022. That'll do it for today. I'll be back with you here on the pod tomorrow, recapping game one between the Orioles and the Cubs. We've got more trade deadline content, draft content, and much, much more coming up here on the pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.